Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Church of New Beginnings, 918 Third Street, El Dorado, Illinois, with Pastor Toby Heiss. Our regular services are Wednesday evening at 5.30 for Children's Church, prayer meeting on Thursday at 6 p.m., Sunday school, 1 p.m. on Sunday, and our regular worship service is 2 p.m. every Sunday afternoon. Come be a part, and we hope you enjoyed the podcast today. We've been teaching on, on healings and miracles in Jesus, amen, and we're on number five. We're going to go to a place in the Bible when I wrote them out and uh, stuff. And, and today was uh, uh, a day that I thought, well, okay, there's just a couple of scriptures that deals with this healing. And I thought, okay, Lord, you, you're going to have to show me and unveil. How many knows one word can change your life? Amen. And as I begin to read this, I'm going to, it's, it's the story, amen, uh, has to deal with Peter's mother-in-law being healed. Okay? Uh, and uh, it's, it's written in three different books of the Bible. All right? And we're going to cover all three. And the reason is, is because I have always told you that people standing and watching and viewing something see things different. Different people see different details. If you don't believe so, have a wreck at an intersection and let the cops come and let them interview everybody that's seen the wreck and let's see if we have two stories that are alike. Before long, you probably are in a purple truck that had pink lace on it. Who knows, amen? Because it would be different. And we have to understand the people's backgrounds, amen, the reason it was written different, amen. And we're going to do that today because I want to unveil to you some significant differences but yet saying the same thing. Me and Etta get into it all the time, and I'll tell you that. And when we get done, we find out we're saying the same thing but just from a different viewpoint, Amen. Uh, she has her way of, of explaining it, and I have my way. But when we get done fussing and bucking and all that at each other, we laugh because we were saying the same thing, except my terminology is different than hers. Amen. Have you ever talked to somebody and found out you're saying the same thing and you're trying to disagree when you're really agreeing? And it happens all the time. So here we are, and we're going to talk about Peter's mother-in-law, amen? First of all, the three different versions, amen? I'm going to go in the Bible, deal with Matthew 8, 14 and 17, Mark 1, 29 through 31, and Luke 4, 38 through 39. And we're going to take it from all three views. Can you say amen? All right. I'm going to read to you out of Matthew first. It says, And when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. Uh, first of all, let me say some things here. First of all, it was Peter's house, and he saw his what? His wife's mother, right, laid sick. A lot of people don't believe Peter was married. This shows right there, Peter was married. How many got that? It was what? Peter's what? Wife's mother. Okay? And and so in doing so, amen, we have to understand there's all kinds of things in there. A lot of people say, well, show me where he's married. Well, right there it shows you. You wouldn't be praying for your wife's uh, mother, amen, if you wasn't married. Can you say amen? It doesn't take a scholar with a degree to see that in the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Uh, uh, and and um, 
So let's, uh, let's go on to Mark. Let me read it there so I can show you there that the Word of God is not, amen. Some of you just need to keep hold of your fingers or stick something in these three references because I'm going to go back and forth many times, okay? The second one is Mark 1 and 29 through 31. It says this in verse 29. It says, And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon. We know that is Simon Peter, right? Okay. Uh, and Andrew with James and John, but Simon's wife's mother. Who's that? Simon's wife's what? Mother. There it is again. Out of the mouths of two, let it be established. Is that not what we say? Amen. Uh, uh, lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. All right? Let's go down to Luke 4, 38 through 39. All right? It said, And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. Again, Simon Peter. All right? And Simon's wife's mother, right? There she is again, right? was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. Amen. Uh, so there we have proven the fact that Peter was married. Amen. So understand history and, and some of the things that people believe, some of the things that they believe or they say, we better make sure that we understand why, okay? But Simon Peter was married. So if anybody ever asks you that, you have the references to that. That's the only three places in the Bible you will find that, okay? So, so now that you know that, all right? So let me go ahead and read all of Matthew, then I'll read Mark, and then I'll read Luke, okay? It said, And when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid, uh, wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and he arose and ministered unto them. Amen? It says, And when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out spirits with his word, and healed all that were... Come on, you know it, and healed all that were, amen. In Mark it says this, And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife lay sick of a fever, and none they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand. I mean, notice that's different than the previous version. Listen, and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Then we go to Luke, and it says this, And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house, and Simon's wife, mother, was taken with a great fever. You notice that? A great fever. Before the other two didn't say that. Listen, a great fever. And they besought him for her, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and ministered what? Unto them. Amen. Some things that I want to uh, clarify in this. Remember, we have three different people that was telling the writing and telling the story. Amen. First of all, we remember, if you remember anything about my t- teaching, of the disciples and apostles. Matthew was a 
tax collector. Amen. So, so remember the profession right there. Okay? If we go to Mark, if anybody knows anything, this is John Mark. John Mark was, uh, he was a cousin to Barnabas and he was a missionary. You'll find that in Acts 12 and 12, by the way. Okay? He was a missionary. So he had a, he had a heart for people. How many knows what a missionary is? They have a heart for people. They usually go where people are, are, are not privileged. Amen. And, and they are, they're looking for someone to help. And this is written from his viewpoint. And then we have Luke, and he was a physician, a doctor. And so he's going to give more details about how great, the, how sick she was. All right? Because he would understand how, how sick she was. Many times when you hear stories from people, one of the things that, and people are recalling something to you, you need to take into, uh, into effect, you need to understand who is telling the story what their background is, what their life is, what their education is even. Can, how many understand what I'm talking about? Because we'll all tell the story different. If we, we, When we have miracles in here and healings or a service at this, different people look at different things. They'll say, well, I didn't, I've heard stories be told. And they'll say, well, I didn't see that. And somebody over here be telling what happened. The other one say, well, I didn't see that. Did you see this? And they said, no, but did you see this? <laughs> because all of us look at things differently. How many knows that's true? Amen? So God is trying to get us to understand that it's not how the story is told. It's the purpose of the story. Amen? And it's the outcome of the story. Amen? That is, that is important. All right? So even as we know that, uh, amen, and they're writing this, we need to understand this. First in Matthew, uh, it said they lay sick of a fever. This is a tax collector. He comes in. His mother was laying there. And they say, what's wrong with She's sick of a fever. He don't know. He's not a doctor. He's not one that knows how bad she is. Uh, she's just sick. <laughs> you know, how many times uh, you ask a mother that has a child and they'll say, oh, they're gravely sick. And they'll, and other, somebody else will be telling you the story and say, oh, they're sick at home. <laughs> But but what will a mother do? They'll know what's wrong. They know when something's going on with that child. Amen? Uh, and what will a doctor do? The doctor won't just relate that to you. The doctor will go in depth to exactly what's wrong with it. All right? So that's one thing that we have to understand. But the degree of miracles or the degree of healing, amen, changes, it seems, with each story. Now listen this. In Mark, he said, uh, they lay sick of a fever. Now, this is a missionary. This is somebody else, amen, not a physician. Somebody that's out on the field, amen. And I think of him as being a missionary, and he come, and a missionary goes to where people are sick, and as they travel, I know when I was overseas, amen, and we were traveling around, and we come up, and I remember one time, uh, as soon as we got there, and I was with Phyllis Tropper, and we was in Kenya for the first time, and we arrived at this place off of this bus, and they come and got us and said, you got to pray, said this man just got bit by a cobra and I was like okay well I had never seen a cobra in life <laughs> have you all seen one in life I mean maybe a zoo I mean I, I'm in I'm in the natural habitat and and they say this man just got bit with the cobra oh crap <laughs> you know 
Oh, yeah, you know, I'm going, okay. And, okay, God, you sent us over here. Well, it's our first time overseas. We just get there. We just get to where we're going. And a man is bit by a cobra. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a form of a cobra that they're usually dead within 15 minutes. And he just got bit. And they call for us and they say, pray. Honey, I prayed. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they came to us right as soon as we, you know, and, and, and I was one of those and back then. And I'll tell you what I prayed. I just said, be healed. That's what I said. I didn't know how else to pray. I'd never faced a cobra bite. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I'd never faced one. Immediately though they said, come on, we got to catch this bus. So we never knew the outcome. Have you ever landed in a foreign country? <laughs> Amen. And all of a sudden, here you are, and you just, you, you know, you prayed for a man, and you're just there, and these people are waiting to hear the word, and you pray, and then they say, we got to go, and you don't know the outcome. As we went on down the road and we began to go different places, people began to travel from different places. And we found out later about, uh, uh, I'd say halfway through our journeys of being there 23 days, uh, that the reason everybody was coming and they had heard, and it brought me to the days of Jesus, amen, was because the missionary that was from Australia that had been bit by the cobra was fine. Can you say amen? And people heard of these two white women from America that got off of a bus and prayed over a man, a missionary that had been built bit by a cobra and then left. And they were trying to catch up to us. I didn't know the miracle had taken place. Can I tell you this? To say this, sometimes, amen, when you obey God, you don't know the miracle that takes place at the time, but sometime further on down the road, it will come around to you, and somebody will bear witness. There's been times, amen, in my life, amen, I knew a woman that met me one day at, at uh, uh, the dollar store out here, amen, and she said, I just want to thank you, and I said, okay, and she said, I came to your church service one day, and you prayed for me, and I was delivered from alcohol from that day, and I went, and I don't even remember the lady, <laughs> but I knew her face looked familiar. You know what I mean? But sometimes you can pray and you don't know all the time. No. Here they are all of a sudden. Amen. Jesus walks in. Now listen. I'm saying this for a reason. And he walks in. And it says in Matthew, he touched her hand. There's different ways, amen, to make contact. Eight different times in the Bible you will read, amen, that he touched them. Amen. How many in here want to be touched by Jesus? Amen. There's something in the touch of Jesus. But let me explain what that word touch there means. It means to fasten oneself to. Amen. He didn't just walk over, amen, and touch her. The Bible tells us here when you go back to the original, he fastened himself to her. He got a hold of her. Can I tell you something? When something or somebody like Christ gets a hold of you, your life is going to change. Amen. Uh, you know, I can.
can walk by someplace. You got a child and you can walk by and touch them. Amen. And, and they may be misbehaving and that may not get their attention. But I guarantee if you grab a hold of them and fasten yourself to them. <laughs> how many believes that child might change? Amen. Sometimes you, you've got to grab a And that's what Jesus did. He fastened himself to that woman. Amen. He grabbed a hold of her in that, amen, by the hand he adhered or he clinged to her. I don't know about you, but I want the Lord clinging to me. Amen. How many can say in here, the Lord clings to me? Hmm. Now wait, that's a different. Now listen to what I just said. He grabbed a hold of this woman because she said she clung to her. Amen. It's different when we're hanging on to him. But what about when he clings to you? Huh? You ever thought about that? What happened to you? The Lord just clinged onto me. Huh? He just grabbed a hold of me and something changed in my life. Amen? And, and so that, that, that's, that's the way he described it here. Amen? And, and then as we look in Mark, amen, uh, it, it talks about there and he said he came and took her by the hand and he says he lifted her up. Now we got one saying he just grabbed a hold of her. He just clung, grabbed a hold of her. Now we got the other person coming over and said he took her by the hand and he what? Lifted her up. How many times has God grabbed a hold of you and lifted you up out of the place you're at? Huh? See, a person, listen to me, tells a story and relates it according to experiences in their own life. Huh? Huh? The experiences in your life teaches you how to relate to other people and the things that are going on. That's the reason a lot of times we have different people speaking it different ways because it's the way they relate to that situation. One, he touched, he grabbed a hold of it. The other one, he took him by the hand and lifted her up. And what, do, what does it say there? Took her by the hand, lift her up, and immediately the fever left her. The, up there in verse 15 of Matthew, it says he touched her hand, and, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto him. In Mark, it says he came, took her by the hand, and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto him. The same outcome happened no matter how the story was told. Sometimes we're so... How do I say this? Sometimes we're so looking for a mistake in the story that we're not hearing the punchline. <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you may be listening to a story and you there and say, that ain't the way it happened. And your mind already shuts off and doesn't let them get to the end. And you've already shut them off from hearing what they're going to finish up with. But a lot of times the story is because of the way they've lived, what they've been through, how they relate to the story. Amen? All of a sudden now we come then to Luke and he says this in verse 39. And Luke describes it first of all like this. Let me go back up. It says, He arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's, uh, Peter's house and Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Did you notice that? A what? Great fever. And that word means exceedingly great. In other words, it was worse than what they do. The other two was not physicians. The other two didn't know 
know the extent of how bad the fever was. The other two just knew she was down and sick. This is a physician. It was a great fever. I mean, and I'm sure he was trained in this area. He knew how much it was. And when he described it, he said, she was sick, what? With a great fever. In other words, he was looking at it like Jesus is going to have to do something because this just isn't something ordinary. Amen. This is a great fever. Now, how, how many know if, if I would come to you and, and somebody, and, and Amy over here say, well, my kids, I got a fever. Amen. And then all of a sudden, amen, Samantha said, oh, man, it's a bad fever. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? How many know there's a difference in that? If she said, uh, he's got a fever, I go, oh, really? Okay. Somebody said, oh, really bad. Or if somebody was sick, say they're sick. Oh, the man, they're really bad sick. What gets your attention more? The really bad sick? Amen? But how many's ever had somebody say, they're really bad sick and it ain't nothing but a sneeze? Mm, Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's the reason, listen to me, and the reason I'm teaching this is this, because as we grow and as we go in the things that were prophesied over this church, that people, and I will refresh your memory, and many of you will know this, and I've got them, they're engraved in my heart, they're engraved in my spirit. There was people from Cecilia Beasley to other people that have been here that have said that ambulances would stop outside and they'd bring in stretchers of people that would be healed. Amen. How many remember that? That people would seek us out and bring people to be healed. And there would be signs, wonders, and miracles that would be here. In doing that, people will tell the story different. Come on, this fellow. You will see it different. Some of you will be watching for different things. If, if more than one miracle happens at a time, we can't even, some people can't even fathom one miracle. Well, uh, what about, amen, to the magnitude that more than one miracle is happening in the place? Which one are you going to be looking at? Or are you going to be trying to look at all of them? What would be your story? I'm saying this because we've got to keep a perspective on what is going on. We have to give honor where honor is due, but not let it get our head into a tizzy and our walk with God or this church, amen, out of control. How many understand what I'm talking about? He said here, it was a great fever. <laughs> We've had healings here. We've had people, amen, that, that have had, amen, different things from cancer and different things that have been healed, amen, and they walked away from here and some of us acted like it was water being poured on a plant. Can I say it? <laughs> huh? Amen? It was like water being poured on a plant. It was like putting a Band-Aid on a pimple. Huh? And it was something magnitude that we ought to, you know, and you'll say, well, maybe God's getting us right. No, sometimes we need to acknowledge how God is moving in the house so that he can move in the house more. Amen. How many know we need to give God our honor and praise? Can you say amen? So here we are, and they're all telling the same story, but they're, they're doing it by different avenues, Jim, because they, they grew up different. They got different backgrounds. 
Can I tell you something? People will come, amen, into this place. What are you doing? Why are you teaching this? Why are we even in this, Pastor? Because I'm preparing us to walk in the fulfillment of what God has called us to, and I have to teach you to accept that and how to conduct ourselves when we get there. How many understand what I'm talking about? Amen. You know, I I remember when Pensacola broke out. I went down to Pensacola, Florida three times. Amen. And I seen some miracles. I seen some things that I questioned whether it was God. I'm going to be honest. Amen. There were some convulsions and things happening in people that they said was God that I really thought was demons. I thought my discernment of yours is wrong. Amen. But it it was a place that had never dealt with that before. Amen. And and I was in there and I, I told you I had my I had my wallet with my bill folded. Amen. And I had taken it in my purse and every bit of the money I had, my whole wallet was stolen during that miraculous revival. So people come for different reasons. Somebody may come for a miracle, but somebody's coming from a different reason. Somebody may be coming to tell a story, amen, to try to put an end to it. Amen? Because not everything that you hear is true, and not everything you hear is false. Huh? Have you ever had somebody tell you something, and you said, I just can't believe that? But then you find out later it's true? Or have you ever had a story, something happen, Andrew, that you said, I just can't believe that? And amen, everybody around you believed it, and you didn't, and guess what? Found out you were right. <laughs> it wasn't true. So one of the things that we got to understand here, as he said, it was a great, amen, fever. It was something, and they besought him for it. In other words, they told him when you come out, man, she's sick. We need you to do something, Jesus. When people come, amen, they want us to do something. Uh, Etta, if I may tell this, Etta. Etta got a letter. Was it a letter? Christmas card. Etta got a letter, a Christmas card from a lady, amen, that used to work for her. And uh, she was asking Etta if she knew a place or a church that, that took and believed and worked in healings and miracles. And she said that she needed prayer for her grandson and she was looking for a place to bring the grandson to be healed. Listen to what I'm saying. Etta. Christmas card. We're looking for a place to take a grandson that needs to be healed. What's been prophesied? So Etta told her in response, said, well, there's, usually, there's healings and miracles almost every service at our church. <laughs> That's just Etta. In other words, bring it on. (laughs) She lets me know about it. And here's what my spirit said. You want to hear? My spirit said this. This is what's been prophesied. Remember I've always told you when they voiced he was in the house. What are the odds of of somebody just asking Etta, do you know of a place? Huh? 
See, God directs our paths. So in doing that and receiving that, though, amen, they say, well, should they here today? Obviously, you know they're not because you're looking around, amen. But, but that just told me this, amen. There's been times when God has spoke to me that there would be people come in that were looking for a healing. I remember one time, amen, a woman, amen, uh, come here looking for a healing from cancer, and the Lord warned me ahead of time there would be a woman coming here looking for a healing for cancer and I'm going to say it and we were all we were singing on the platform uh, uh, I see the bright lights shine it's just about home time and the woman walked in and I turned around and I looked at Samantha And I said, there's a woman that has walked in and she is here to get healed and we're singing about going home to heaven. (laughs) Did I not, Samantha? (laughs) Lisa goes, oh, okay. And it switched immediately. (laughs) Truth, ain't it? Truth. Why are you saying this? Because if the prophecy over this place is that of miracles and healings, then we have to present an atmosphere to be ready for those opportunities, amen, to present themselves. Remember remember uh, when ma- the very first miracle I spoke to you uh, uh, was about Mary just saying they're out of wine? <laughs> and the circumstances opened up an opportunity for a miracle. And Jesus just said, uh, fill them six urns over there, them pots over there with water, <laughs> and then just go dip a pot in it and what? Pour it to the governor. <laughs> well, guess what? Amen? As, as circumstances allows and as it comes in, we have to be sensitive to the Spirit and we have to know what is in the midst of us. Sometimes, amen, there has been times when I've been going to preach something and the Lord will tell me, amen, change it. I said, what about now with this series? I don't think he will. I know God, please understand what I'm trying to tell you right now. God has never, ever had me minister this series before. And he told me it was in preparation for what was getting ready to happen. You told me about down there the ceiling was polished. She said, you need to start telling people it's, that it's, it's all right to have nice things. Well, I'm telling you it's all right to believe that God's going to send people to be healed. How many understand, how many understand what I'm talking about? Amen. So that's what we're doing. We're preparing the ground. Amen. Just as we took last Sunday, amen, and, and we did the thing with the, the Bibles. Kayla asked what, uh, the Bibles, the, the billfolds here. She said, why did you do that? It was kind of out. You just do it. I said, the Spirit of the Lord, amen, spoke to me. And it was just like, I'm, buddy, I, I'll just follow you. I don't know where you're going, God, but I'm going with you. Amen. 
You, you know? Amen. And we got reports, amen, of people that was financially blessed, unexpected bonuses, amen, people that found money. I'll tell you something. I, I had collected, uh, Kayla had went and collected rent for me, put it in a drawer. I knew how much it was, and I counted it, and it was $10 more. You'll say, well, maybe they made a mistake. What did the guy say? He counted it how many times? Twelve times. Do you hear me? What's the odds in a guy giving you rent and say, you can count it, but I've counted it 12 times. I wanted to make sure it was all there. Do you remember what I told you when I used to travel as an evangelist and I would know how much money was, how much had come in and how much I had in my hand and I'd lay it out on my desk with each bill and I'd start to count it out and it would multiply as I counted it, honey, as I laid it upon that table and I began to count it out, amen. It was $10 more. It was a simple multiplication, but it was a tenth. Huh? Say, well, he miscounted 12 times. <laughs> okay, it is said and done. Bill just said, I don't think so. <laughs> Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? So we've got to be prepared. Look at how many times have you went, amen, looking for something, looking for something else to be there. Huh? I'm looking for somebody to come. When somebody comes in and I'm watching them walk in, my spirit is, what are they here for? My job is this. Why are they here? What are they here for? Huh? Because guess what? I want us to be able to meet the need of the people as they come in. I want it to be so sensitive that this is where we're at that we understand why they are here. The Bible says here there'll be sometimes we know of it because they knew she had a fever and what? It says here that they they told Jesus she's got a fever. Well, they impressed it upon him. She's got a fever wanting him to do something. Guess what? Some of you may come to me just like Anna and say they're coming for a miracle. I don't know what the miracle is. Some of you may tell you, somebody said they're coming here for this. Sometimes you know what's needed and sometimes you don't. When the gentleman over here, we found out later, had been battling cancer for seven years and we prayed upon him that day and talked about the circumstances sometimes just make way for a miracle, maybe the healing of cancer. The man was here, battled for cancer for seven years, went to the doctor and they told him he was cancer free. And he said he knew he was healed. Amen. Sitting right over here. Well, right, the, right there, wasn't he? Second one back, right? Right here, right here in this seat. Look, 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 look. See right here? See this seat? Listen to me. Look. See this seat? Right here. A man sat and said he knew he was healed of cancer. He went to the doctor. The doctor confirmed it. There was no more cancer. Just right there. How close are you sitting to a miracle? 
Somebody hear what I'm saying? How close are you sitting to a miracle? One of the things that that keeps going across my spirit as I was looking at this and miracles and and I, I've been asking the Lord if I'm right if I'm writing the vision and making it plain. I remember when God shared the vision with us, people the thing that God had me write was you can't even afford the utilities. People would say, You can't even afford the utilities on that building. They said that about this building. <laughs> Dumb devil. <laughs> huh? We went from a storefront to here. In ratio, I told Lisa Miles this. In ratio, this building that going from there to here is about the same as this building going to that building. Hmm? I had people when we got this building say, "I got lost." I can't find my say away. They go down here to the intersection. I call it the intersection. There's a back door. You had three directions to go, and none of them could get it right. They'd find themselves at another place in the building. How many times in life do we come to an intersection in our life and we don't get it right and we go the wrong way? If we'll do it in a church, we'll do it in a life. Oh, Jesus. Amen? So here we are, and, and we're there, and, and, and Luke describes it. He said she was taken with a great fever, and they besought him. And, and here's what he said. He stood over her. He didn't say anything about taking his hand over her. He didn't say about grasping a hold. What did he say this? He said, the doctor said this. He said, Jesus stood over her. First of all, we know something about Jesus. Jesus always taught and took a seating position. That's the way they did. The only time Jesus ever stood, amen, was when uh, uh, we, we know that Stephen was being stoned and they were coming against him and they were railing on him and it said that Jesus stood, right? So he took a position of authority over this situation. How do you know that? Because what was said next, listen to this. It said, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever. He took a position of authority over the fever. Let me tell you, sometimes we have to take a position of authority over the thing that is hindering us. Hmm? Take a position of authority. Three different viewpoints, same miracle but done from three different avenues, three people seeing it that was there, amen, but seen it different or heard it different. John Mark wasn't there, but heard it different. But yet, it's in the Word of God. And none of them's wrong. All of them relay or are, are, are related to us for a reason so that we'll understand it the way we need. Sometimes I just need a touch. Sometimes I need him to grab a hold of me. Sometimes I need him to take authority over the situation. Huh? But the result was this. Immediately. Look at your neighbor and say immediately. Immediately the fever was gone and she rose up and what? Ministered unto them. Why does God heal? Why does God do miracles? Ready? So that you can minister to people. 
If you're sick, you can't minister to one another. Three different stories, and the end result was this. She rose up and what? Ministered. Rose up and ministered. That's why God does it, so that saints of God, amen, can minister, amen, to, the, uh, to what they are called to do, to the calling of God that they are. God don't want you sick. God wants you well. How many know when you got a headache or you don't feel well, you, you can't give it your all? Huh? How many knows that? I used to be in sports and, and in track and stuff, and, and you know what? I, I was a good ball player, but man, when I played, if I was well, man, I could, I'd give it, uh, man, I'd give it. But if I wasn't, no matter how much I'd try, I still couldn't get it all. Can I tell you something? God wants you to be able to give everything that you have and you are to him. That's why he wants none of his saints. Amen. That's why he doesn't want people sick. That's why he does healings and miracles so that you can accomplish what God has called you to do here on this earth for him, that you can do his work. That's why he heals. Question. Knowing that, sometimes my mind goes like this, knowing that, that that's the reason. Maybe sometimes when people don't get healed, question, maybe it's because they won't minister unto others. I didn't say it's true, I just threw a question out there. Or, let's put it this way, or maybe if I'm healed, I feel so good that I'll go in another direction away from God. There's a gentleman, Amarillo, Texas. Della Horton was with me. Connie Snyder's business. Uh, Savior Bondsman. Went down to her office. Never forget it till the day I live. Till the day I die, I should say, or live. I ain't going to die till the day I live. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I'm just going to live. <laughs> Went down there and she had told me there was a man that there, some of you have heard this. I can't go to Amarillo without thinking this. I can't go to Amarillo without this coming to my mind. Hello, phone. went in that office and he was in there and he was in excruciating pain. Brother Jim had steel rods in his back. Had not been without pain for years. Couldn't do his job at the office or anything else. And she told him we was coming to town and she asked him if we could come and pray. And it was me and Della. We went in that office and we went in this little room and she had some other workers that was out here. We went in there and she he told the the, the situation and and I said okay, laid hands on him. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I I can remember I did I said be healed because I didn't know how to pray. The lights in that building went off, and that man was healed. 
that man stood up and said, I don't have a pain in my back. The people that was out in the reception area that was out there said, what just happened? All the lights went out in this building. He said, I got healed. He ended up buying a business that made him a millionaire on frozen yogurt in Amarillo. And he said that God brought him to the church. After he got healed, he never set foot in that church again. I heard things ain't too good with him. True story. You've heard Connie showed you the room it happened in. Never forget it as long as I live. God made him a million, a millionaire. And he said his job was to help the church. There's choices that you have when you receive healing from God. Bible says this, Tom, best not to make a vow than to make a vow and break it. Amen. Amen. So my question to you is when they come in, here's where I need this church to be. And I'm probably going to tell you something that you'll be going, what? I need you to be in this frame, Jim. I need you to be in the frame that God, you raise them up, put enough in them that they can work for you. That they won't walk away from you. Because I would hate to think that they were raised up and they were healed and they turned on God. I would rather not see a miracle than to see that happen. Can you say amen? How many understand what I'm talking about? So as people come in, listen, this is your sign. As people come in and you're in your prayer life. Now I know we're talking about Jesus never pray. Right here he said he rebuked him. I'm sure he said fever go. It didn't say he prayed. It said he grabbed him up and stood him up. Never said he prayed, did it? Not one time in there. Wow, how many miracles are we on now? Five? Five? Uncle Homer, and, and during those five miracles, it never said he prayed once. <laughs> Ain't that funny? Command and rebuke, received a promise. Somebody asked me, was talking and said, well, what do you do where, where it talks about for the elders to lay hands and anoint him with oil? I said, you got to understand this. I said, those were people that was taking and founding churches, beginning churches. There had to be some order in the church. They wasn't walking in the kingdom. They didn't know. They were just walking in the principles. They hadn't matured yet. Christ, being who he was, went from that place to telling Peter, come walk where I am, where even the sea, peace be still, obeys me. Whenever one of you started out in church, amen, you wasn't able to handle commanding commanding things. When I did the revival that had legs grew and a blind eyes open, amen, and it was and had 40 people saved in that 36 night, I was not mature enough to handle the miracles continuing. Jim, I wasn't mature enough. 
wasn't mature enough. But I tasted it, and I seen that it was good. And I've seen it happen. And that hunger has never left me. But our maturity has to come up to that level. Church, what I'm asking you to do is have your maturity level in Christ grow to come up to be able to handle that, what God is speaking. Amen? In Matthew it said this, in verse 16, it said, When the evening was come, this is after she ministered unto him, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word. Healed all that were sick. She was healed so that others could come and be healed. Peter's mother-in-law. Healed so that she could serve. Healed that she could serve. What are the priorities in our life? See, this is this is not a shout. When we had a great opening, man, Spirit of the Lord, why refreshing us so we could get here? Not everybody can live on a mountain top. If you study with David and his travels, amen, he made it to Hebron, but he couldn't live there. He had to come down to a lower altitude because he couldn't survive there. God will take you to the Hebrons in your life, the places of altitude that are higher, but you know what? We can't live there. We're still, in, we're still earthly. Amen? We're still in this natural body. But what we are doing here is preparing us for the things to come. Amen? And say, well, Pastor, I don't know that I like this. I don't know that I like being taught this. Or I don't know that if I really believe it'll happen. I believe it. How many in here believe? Remember one time, Carolyn said this. She was standing there and somebody else had prophesied it, same thing that had been prophesied for so long. She sat right here and she said, how many times do we have to hear it before we'll believe it? Hmm? Numerous people that didn't know each other. Are you riding on somebody's curtail trying to get us there to believe that? No, I'm getting us ready for vision. Getting us ready for that place. When his miracles began, that the people get word and they come off the streets and even the homeless around here. There's something going on there. Everybody was drawn to Jesus. They heard about it and they walked in without fear of walking in. Amen. Knowing that there was something there for him or for her. Will we be found ready? Thank you for joining our podcast today for the Church of New Beginnings, 918 3rd Street, El Dorado, Illinois. Tune in again.